Hello, audio world, internet, stratosphere, and planet Earth. Um, My name is Ruthie. I am a writer, director, producer, sometimes actor, and I am here today to talk to you a little bit about grief. Um, My background is that I am a person (laughs) who experienced some grief and I just thought it would be interesting to open up a space to talk about it. I think grief can be really funny. It can be obviously transformative, but um, I used to have a show, uh, we'll not specify years, but a very long time ago um, on public access where I sort of spoke directly to viewers all the time and interacted with people via letters. Do you guys remember? We used to send each other mail. Um, so I am dating myself, but yeah, I. it's been a minute since I've actually just sort of spoke uh, to, to the good people in the ether. So I'm excited to try this. I'm a little nervous and I hope you will listen, enjoy, and join in. This week's Thoughts on Grief came via a little television show that you might have heard of once called Sex and the City. You know, I know people have mixed feelings about this program. I'm not a snob, so I absolutely watch everything on television, whether it's complete trash um, or really high art. So naturally when Sex and the City first came out, it really was impactful. Whether you liked it or not, it was a show that definitely made a mark. And I happened to like a lot of what was on in the early show. Um, and let's be real, I was going to watch anything from the franchise, whether it was like the second horrific movie in Abu Dhabi. I mean, I think we've collectively tried to forget that that happened, but that did happen. So when And Just Like That came out, I was... I mean, there's no question I was going to watch it. I, again, I watch everything. And so I have a lot of really complicated feelings on these two episodes. On the one hand, as someone who dealt with a sudden sort of traumatic death, I was really happy to see a grief situation that felt probable, that felt realistic in the nature of the, it felt realistic in the nature of that this could happen, right? It's not 
It's not something that's so unbelievable. It's unbelievable maybe to people that have never experienced death, right? So people who haven't experienced death or loss or trauma, they just sort of poo-poo death altogether. It's sort of like, well, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to see that. Um, but once you've experienced death, you don't really get that choice anymore. So I was, in summary, I was very happy to see grief on the main stage of this huge show with this huge following. Granted, they're killing off one of the main characters. So it's very controversial, no matter what the circumstances of the death are. But what really grinded my gears was uh, how unrealistic the death was itself. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Again, I'm, I'm all in for a sudden death and how a character can go and rebuild themselves after that. I mean, that's sort of like the TV, one of the TV shows that I'm desperate to sell that's autobiographical. It's really about, you know, how a person goes on after losing a parent and having to reparent themselves. So the idea of this woman in her fifties married and loses her husband and becomes a widow. I think that's a really fertile, interesting, rich place to start a television show. Unfortunately, the way and the nature that they handled the death of Mr. Big was so unbelievable and so inaccurate that I have very little faith that they will handle the rest of the subject of death and grieving um, responsibly. You know, if you didn't watch it, basically what happens is, you know, Big dies on a Peloton ride. He has a heart attack after a Peloton ride. Um, and he sort of just slumps over in the shower. Um, you know, I, I, he's had some sort of stroke. It's never really spelled out exactly what happens, but that's what you're to assume as the viewer. And it's intercut between this very intense piano recital that Carrie's at. So the death is sort of happening while she's in another location. She shows up to her house, finds her husband, love of her life, slumped over in this sort of position. And then she does nothing. She stares at him and she says his name a couple times and she does absolutely fucking nothing. Just so you guys know, this doesn't happen. Like you don't see a person that you love that you care about, you don't even fucking pass a stranger unless you're a weird sociopath and not react to them dying. Um, you don't, uh, freezing is a, a trauma response, right? So if, you know, he was shot or something, and let's just say, and there was some like visible blood and Carrie was reacting to that, that'd be one thing, but this was just, her staring at her husband, knowing something was wrong and refusing, quite frankly, refusing to dial 911 to get help. 
the writers decided to have this really like Romeo and Juliet moment based on, you know, something they wanted to create them staring into each other's eyes. Oh, his last breaths. I mean, this is a thing. Uh, I'll tell you from my personal experience. I, you know, received a phone call um, that my father was being airlifted from a local hospital into a much bigger hospital. Therefore, something was very wrong, right? Without knowing all the details, it was very, very clear that there was a life support situation happening. So, you know, while I scramble to really remember all the details of that day and the days after that, because that is something that, um, that happens in trauma that your brain actually protects you from remembering all the details of what happened because it's just too much for your nervous system to process all the pain and all the trauma at once. So it leads to just huge memory gaps, but you know, it's been about 10 years. I am starting to process things in a different way now than I could even a year ago, let's say. But um, in any case, even in highly traumatic situations, you spring into some sort of action. If it is a life or death situation, if it is that, maybe if the death has already happened, you may freeze, you may not, if you're being pursued by an active shooter, you may freeze. But in this situation where you come home and you see your husband in the shower, you are not going to just watch them die unless you want them dead. So I don't know if that's exactly what the writers were going for that carries a stone cold murder. Um, but in any case, it really got me thinking about a bunch of things, you know, one, the kind of work that I'm so desperate to like have on the main stage where you can, you know, explore these things in a way that feels like we can talk about grief more. So I'm even like hanging on to some shred of hope that Carrie, the widow rebuilding her life could be this really incredible storyline. But I'm at this point, don't really trust the, the writers to, to do their job, really. Um, sorry. But, you know, here's the thing. Death is complicated. So I was, you know, both pissed that I had to, like, cry so much watching this show um, that I didn't think handled things correctly. And then there were parts of the funeral and the things afterwards that I was crying because it did feel real, you know, the numbness, the, the shutting down, the just autopilot survivor mode that you have to go in, you know, they got some of that right. And of course, every person's experience is completely different, but someone that goes back to the moments before I lost my dad or the moments 
before I got that phone call and after I got that phone call, it's like so fucking patronizing to see this character just do nothing. And, you know, there's a lot of backlash right now about, you know, why did he have to die? And basically how they could have handled it better. And yeah, I just think that death is something that we, we are just not used to talking about. And the ways that we talk about it is so bizarre. And the ways we experience it are so isolating and so strange. And there's just been so much of that recently. And the crowd of people having to deal with and process deaths is just becoming like bigger and bigger. And I just thought maybe this would be an interesting conversation to have with myself, with, you know, the maybe five listeners that I'll get from this. Grief is something that I really think about a lot. And I wish there could be more conversations about it. I wish, you know, the landscape was a little different and maybe that comes from not waiting for HBO to buy my show, which, you know, they fucking should. Um, but creating an actual space or conversation to talk about grief and loss and, you know, funny shit too. You know, that bitch should have called 911. Um, maybe that's what this episode can be called. That bitch should have called 911. Or maybe that's the name of the podcast. Okay. We'll see. We'll see what this is. I'm going to listen to it back now. I might never put this on the air, but if I do on the air, what am I a radio station? If I do, please tell me your stories too, because that's sort of the, the whole point of opening up a space like this is to just connect to people that have experienced these things because we need each other for real. Okay, so I listen back and I'm humbled by the amount of times that I say, um, it's alarming, but I actually think that I'm just gonna put this out there um, and see what happens. I just did it again. Okay, so a couple things I wanted to add postscript. As I said before, 10 years ago, I lost my dad. So I am not a expert on grief or trauma. Uh, I just have my own experiences to share. And I will get into sort of more of the technical stuff around my father's death and just general stuff that's helped, not helped. It's just a space for that. So one thing I wanted to mention, or a couple things I wanted to mention is number one, in terms of resources, 
obviously talk therapy has been extremely helpful for me in my life. Um, I talk about that pretty openly with friends and family. Medication has also been something that's been extremely helpful for me personally. Uh, a couple things that I've found in my grief journey that have been really helpful. One I wanted to mention is called the dinner party. It's a group specifically for people who lost loved ones, I think under the age of 30 or 40, I want to say. I'm not sure. Um, but there are subgroups within that group, uh, parents who've lost their children, you know, all types of different sort of tables that are grouped together for anyone who wants to join, it's free. So look that up. It's called The Dinner Party. I believe it's thedinnerparty.org. Um, I don't have a producer yet for this podcast. So yes, thedinnerparty.org. So yeah, 20 and 30-somethings who've experienced the loss of a parent, partner, child. So it's, it's a little specific in terms of the age, um, but it is a free resource. Uh, there is obviously group therapy for grief and grief support groups. I've never personally done that outside of the dinner party. And then there are a couple accounts online on Instagram that I follow that are super helpful. And listen, you know, none of this shit is easy. So it's like the small, tiny things that sort of help you feel normal during this process are fucking huge. Pardon my French. But um, even just sometimes reading, you know, little grief therapy memes on Instagram can be really helpful when you're trying to get through something that doesn't have uh, a roadmap. So I just wanted to mention those things. Also, I wanted to encourage you to contact me with thoughts, feelings for the show, if you'd like to be a guest, this sort of thing. Um, obviously, I'm still thinking all this through, but I, I do think that there is a place or a need for this. So um, be bold and do it. Uh, so if you want to email to me, it's uh, grief is cool again at gmail.com <laughs> because grief is really not cool, but I think it's cool again. So um, we can, you know, not be these like weird group of loners. Like we can actually just be cool fucking people who experience hardship. Um, that's how I look at it. Um, or that's what I'm reclaiming in this moment. So yeah, email me at griefiscoolagain at gmail.com and um, I'll announce more stuff of what's going on with this medium shortly. And thank you for listening. Love you.